It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles with me if you would. Turn to Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse number 1. We've been dealing this week on this thought of justification. Um, and I was going to originally just kind of move into chapter 5. I said that a day or two ago. And uh, I'm as I began to study a little bit more, I, I'm thankful for God's help. And I'm, I'm glad I did not get too far ahead of myself here, because chapter 4 is here for a reason, and we knew that. I I was just struggling a bit in the study, and I apologize for that. Um, Romans chapter 4 it becomes very important, very critical in this subject of justification, and I was not able to wrap my mind around it immediately until the Lord began to put fill in some of the blanks. So if we're going to be able to understand what's going on here, we've got to keep in mind the context where we're coming from. So just quick review again, Romans 1 through 3, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with the issue of sin. Romans 1.18 says, For the wrath of God is revealed against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So we see the wrath of God revealed against sin. If you'll just let me put unrighteousness and ungodliness all into that uh, one word. The wrath of God is revealed against sin. Then, as we get through the rest of chapter 1, you have the heathen, or those who have very little knowledge of God, but they still do have some. They're guilty before God. Chapter 2, the first part, you have the hypocrite. These are, could even be somewhat religious people that have some form of truth, but more or less they're living by the law of their conscience we find they are guilty. Then we come to the ultra-religious, the Jews, the Hebrew, God's chosen people, those that had the law of God, and what do we find? They also are under sin. In verse or in Romans chapter 3 and verse 9, there's the conclusion, or, or yeah, the, the conclusion of 1 through 3, what he's been dealing with. He says, what then are we, speaking of the Jews, better than they, speaking of the Gentiles. He says, No in no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. So the conclusion of Romans 1 through verse 20 of chapter 3 is that all are under sin. And then you even see in Romans 3.23, For all, that word all means all. There is no exclusion to that. There is no only one specific group he's dealing with. He is dealing with every entire human being in this world that is we've ever that has ever been on the face of this earth. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we see then through all this our need to be justified, which is what we've been dealing with this week. That word justified, a very practical definition to that, or one easy to remember, is to be made just as if I've never sinned. In other words, I have sin on my account, 
I'm guilty before God, but by faith in Christ's finished work on Calvary, I can be legally before God just as if I've never sinned. It's as if, literally as if I've never sinned. When God sees me, he will not see my sin. My sin's been forgotten. And so I cannot be judged for a sin that's not there. That's the important thing about justification. And this thing of justification, this matter of justification, is what all of us need. Justification is what allows us to receive the righteousness of God implied or, or imputed is the, uh, another Bible word, to our account. It's applied to our account. We, When God sees us, He sees nothing but the righteousness of God in our account. So the, the law... In Romans 1 through 3. What's the purpose of it? It saith to them. Now now we know that what so, things soever the law saith. It saith to them who are under the law. That every mouth may be stopped. And all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore by the deeds of the law. There shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the purpose of the law, mind you, all th from the Old Testament all the way through the end of the book, all the way through the end of the Bible, is to show us that we are sinners in need of a Savior. You say, well, I can't quite go along with that. Isn't it that what the Jews got to heaven by at the beginning? Well, that's where chapter 4 is going to come into play. Because no, it's not. And I'm going to prove it to you from the Word of God. We come to the end of chapter, or of, yes, of chapter 3. What does Paul say here? And I, I'm kind of jumping around just a little bit, but you need to be able to understand this. The end of chapter 3, this is what Paul says. Do we then make void the law through faith? In other words, what purpose was it if we only can get to God by faith? What purpose did the law have? I mean, was it just useless? Was it just to show us how awful we are and that's it? No. He says, do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid, yea, we establish the law. Now keep in mind, what was the law's purpose according to chapter 3 and verse 19 and 20? To give us knowledge of sin, to make all the world guilty before God so that we could see the righteousness of Christ. So we come to chapter 4 and verse number 1. What then, or what shall we say then, as Abraham our father hath found, I'm sorry, let me read that again. What shall we say then, that Abraham our father, as pertaining to the flesh, hath found? For if Abraham were justified by works, he hath whereof to glory, but not before God. For what saith the scripture, Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him, for righteousness. Now keep in mind where we've just come from chapter 3, moving into chapter 4, we're still on the same subject. He's not changed. Many times the chapter divisions are not necessarily divinely inspired. And sometimes they're there. I'm thankful they're there. Otherwise, I'd lose my place so awful. And uh, you would too if you were trying to find a place, say, in Isaiah. Um, so I'm thankful for them. But we're still dealing on the same subject here. Abraham, when we look at Scripture, 
is one of, one of those that has very little written that he did wrong, so to speak. He had great great faith. He was very obedient, and as far as far as fulfilling the law, I mean, it seems that he lived up to it pretty well. But if you remember when God called him, he didn't have the law yet. And that will come up farther in this chapter. Abraham received a promise before he ever had the law given to him. The law, the Ten Commandments, wasn't given till Moses. That was way, way, way down the road from where Abraham was. Really, Abraham never had at all the Ten Commandments as the Jews knew it. He was given the religious rite of circumcision that was a sign of the covenant, and the Jews got that so confused. And you'll see, Paul begins using that interchangeably because circumcision to the Jews was, in, in essence, it was so much a sign of keeping the law that it, was, it, it became a law in and of itself. And you'll see it played throughout the New Testament church that these Jewish believers were trying to say that you had to be circumcised in addition to faith in Christ if you were going to be saved. They were adding to the what is necessary for salvation. What's necessary for salvation? Nothing. Faith in Christ. It is by grace through faith alone. And anything that is added to that, any work, any action per se, that you have to complete this, you have to do this in order to be saved, other than what God says clearly is putting your full faith and trust in Christ, anything beyond those boundaries is legalism. You are adding works to salvation. And when you add to salvation, you are have made God's way become man's way, and you've tried to put your own little two cents in it, and it don't work that way. That is that is not salvation. Salvation is in Christ alone, and in his finished work alone, and that is through faith alone, nothing else. So, we come here. Abraham lived, by our standards, very well in the flesh. These religious people that Paul is writing to, these Jews, especially even the Pharisees, they would have looked at, I mean, Abraham was their spiritual hero, still is to this day. But Abraham was not justified by works. And if Abraham couldn't be justified by works, we can't. It was Abraham's faith in God. Actually, it was Abraham's faith in Christ. You say, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? This is where I struggled a little bit. I was. It talks about Abraham believed God, and it was counted unto him for righteousness. It talks about, in verse number 13, the promise that he should be heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. But when we begin to look a little bit closer at this promise, you'll realize Abraham's faith was still ultimately resting in Christ in something he had not necessarily fully seen or even maybe understood. It was a faith that was looking ahead rather than us, a faith looking behind at what Christ already did. Now, I'm going to prove this to you by going to Galatians in chapter 3. The Galatians had a problem. They were trying to add things to salvation. Paul's purpose here in chapter 4 of Romans is to say that salvation or our justification 
The way we're going to be made just as if we've never sinned before God is going to be by faith alone. Well, the Galatians are struggling with that issue again. Here, here's what he says. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only would I learn of you, received ye the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Are ye so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect in the flesh? Let me jump down a little bit farther to get to my point. In verse number 6, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. The scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham. Wow, that's a real spin for the mind right there. Abraham had the truth of the gospel all the way in his day. Before Christ ever died, before a tabernacle ever existed, before the law was ever in place preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all the nations be blessed. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. He's going to go on in this chapter to explain this a little bit more. For as many as are under the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in the things which are written in the law to do them. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident, for the just shall live by faith, and the law is not of faith. The man that doeth them shall live in them. So I can get to my point here. We'll have to pick up here tomorrow. The promise that Abraham was given is found in verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of one and to thy seed, which is Christ. Abraham was given a promise from God about the coming Christ. And Abraham's faith in Christ, all the way back 4,000, however many years ago it was, is what justified him before God. The same way that we today are justified before God, and that is through faith in Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email Back to the Book Broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book Broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.